Welcome back to The Secret Lair. I'm Mark, the Eclectic Dyslexic, and today we are celebrating Walking Day. So to let you know what that is, a while back I was dealing with some personal issues, and the fowl took over movie night for the fodder. Unfortunately, he didn't realize fodder need a certain amount of action in their movies in order to sustain their need for carnage. He showed them Milo and Otis, and the fodder quickly put him in the hospital. But now, he's walking again, so we've arranged a little surprise party for him. So the fowl is coming. Perfect, perfect, everybody, get into position. Shh, shh. Computer, lights, surprise! <laughs> Soldiers, don't give yourselves to brutes. Men who despise you, enslave you, who regiment your lives, tell you what to do, what to think, or what to feel, who drill you, tire you, treat you like cattle, use you as cannon fodder. Don't give yourselves to these unnatural men, machine men, with machine minds and machine hearts. You are not machines, you are not cattle, you are men. Good morning, Vietnam! This is Sparta! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. This is my boomstick! Go ahead, make my day. You want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. Oh, it's alive! It's alive! It's alive! Long live the king. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? No. I am your father. Stop eating my sesame cake! You are tearing me apart, Lisa! They're coming to get you, Barbara. We all go a little mad sometimes. Be afraid. Be very afraid. We have such sights to show you. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Forget it, Jake. It's Chinatown. Foul, foul, it's okay, it's okay, it's us, it's us, calm down. What's going on? It's a surprise party to celebrate your walking again because we care about you. Master, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Not now, Drudge. I mean, a stealth attack in the victim's own home with the very monsters that put him in the hospital in the first place. That was hysterical. <laughs> Shut up, Drudge. We, we really are so glad you're up and walking again. Come sit over here. <laughs> so funny. It hurts. I'm sorry. But look, everyone's favorite food is being delivered. We have games. We have gifts. We have cake. What kind? Your favorite, strawberry and Vicodin. Oh, yes, please. Here you go. 
and the fodder have written you a poem. We are sorry we shattered your legs, broken your ribs, and fractured your head, dislocated your jaw, and punctured your spleen. But don't ever put Milo and Otis back on the screen. <laughs> okay. Good effort, fodder. I, I think there's a sensitive side developing more and more now. We are going to... What are these things? And why are the fodder bowing to them? These are the hunter-gatherers, master. We had placed an order for a meal. The hunter-gatherer's job is to bring it to us, no matter the distance or danger. So they're an intergalactic grub hub? So to say. May I, sir? Have at it. Great ones, you honor us with your presence. What bounty do you bring? You, underling, wished for the nectar fruit of Galax 4. We bring you the nectar plot of the neighboring planet of Zanzabar. Oh, okay. I guess that will do. Those known as Fadar, you asked for the heart of the Grandar beast. We bring you the lungs of the Randar. <laughs> Wanted a double bacon burger and chili fries. Our visual records identify you as a bird. Birds eat seed. It's just a costume, people. Eclectic dyslexic. Yeah? You wished for a crunch wrap supreme with no sour cream. Uh-huh. Here you are. Oh! Okay, got my order right. Guess that's why Taco Bell survived the franchise war. Of what war do you speak of? Oh, it's a reference to a movie, Demolition Man. We are interested in food-based conflict. You will show us this Demolition Man. Sure. Computer, play Demolition Man. Mug shots. the end of a century, ravaged by violence, a society of perfect order will arise. Criminals will be frozen and reprogrammed in cryogenic prisons. The prisoners are ice cubes. Their criminal instincts are being reprogrammed as they sleep. Aggression and deviant behavior will be totally eliminated. He's a criminal the likes of which you have never seen. In a bad time, he was the worst. I'm gonna love running this place. But in the year 2032... This morning, Simon Phoenix escaped from this cryo facility. We are, quite frankly, not equipped to deal with the situation. Amidst a world of peace and calm... We're police officers. We're not trained for this kind of violence. The fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th. In the end, it took just one man, John Spartan. You mean the demolition man? The 
conditions of your parole are full reinstatement into the SAPD and immediate assignment to the apprehension of Simon Phoenix. Two mortal enemies. Just dropped in to say hi. From another time. Pass is over, John. Time for something new and improved. Oh, hell. Will be unleashed on a future that isn't big enough for the both of them. Sylvester Stallone. Wesley Snipes. Demolition Man. Demolition Man 1993. American science fiction action film. Two men, an evil crime lord and a risk-taking police officer are cryogenically frozen in 1996. They are reanimated in 2032 to find mainstream society changed and all crime seemingly eliminated. Now Officer John Spartan must once again stop the evil Simon Phoenix starring Sylvester Stallone, Wesley Snipes, and Sandra Bullock. Bullet points. In the far-off future of 1996, L.A. has become a cesspool of criminal activity. Okay, I'll give you that. A psychopathic career criminal, Simon Phoenix, kidnaps a number of hostages and takes refuge with his gang in an abandoned building. LAPD Sergeant John Spartan, a man nicknamed the Demolition Man due to his excessive means, uses a thermal scan of the building, finding no traces of the hostages. He leads an unauthorized assault to capture Phoenix. The young rookie pilot, Zach Lamb, sets him down safely on the building's roof. In the ensuing fight, Phoenix sets off a series of explosions, demolishing the building. The hostages' corpses are found in the rubble. Phoenix claims Spartan knew about the hostages and attacked anyway. Both men are incarcerated in the city's new California Cryo Penitentiary, where they are cryogenically frozen and exposed to subliminal rehabilitation techniques. In the farther off future of 2032, that one's still a bit away. Good job, movie. The world has become a peaceful utopia, and police work has become a boring job. Phoenix is thawed for a parole hearing and says the passcode to the handcuffs and then violently escapes. The passcode for the handcuffs. The verbal common phrase passcode for the handcuffs on the psychopathic criminal. Oh, good lord. At a public computer terminal, a futuristic phone booth, our younger viewers can Google what a phone booth is, Phoenix, without knowing how, hacks the system and finds info on a man named Edgar Friendly. A voice in his head is telling him to kill Edgar Friendly. Lieutenant Lenina Huxley, a young policewoman obsessed with history, especially the violence of the 20th century, is able to locate Phoenix's location after escape, but the police are not capable of violent acts anymore, so Phoenix kills the six police officers sent to stop him. 
Huxley asks veteran officer Zach Lamb how they caught Phoenix before, and he tells her of the demolition man. Huxley has Spartan thawed to help stop Phoenix. She explains to Spartan that San Angeles, a metropolis that combines the former Los Angeles, San Diego, and Santa Barbara, is now a peaceful utopia, and the police no longer deal to equip with violent crime. Spartan finds the new future depressing and oppressive. Human behavior is tightly controlled, and anything deemed bad is illegal, including alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, meat, bad language, chocolate, gasoline, uneducational toys, anything spicy, abortion, and pregnancy without a license. Likewise, others on the police force find Spartan's behavior to be brutish and uncivilized. Spartan anticipates that Phoenix will attempt to get a gun. They tell him there are no guns except in a museum. He and Huxley head to a museum to find Phoenix already there stealing guns that are, for some reason, still working and fully loaded. After a gunfight, Phoenix escapes with the weapons and encounters Dr. Raymond Cocteau, the evangelistic pseudo-pacifist who has been running San Angeles since the Great Earthquake of 2010. I must have missed that one. To his confusion, Phoenix finds that he is unable to shoot Cocteau, who reveals that he had orchestrated Phoenix's escape all along. As a safety measure, Cocteau implanted a command that prevents Phoenix from harming him. Cocteau wants Phoenix to assassinate Edgar Friendly, the leader of the resistance group called the Scraps. Barton believes he has chased away Phoenix, and Cocteau, in mock gratitude, states he wants to take Spartan to dinner at Taco Bell. <laughs> On the way to dinner that night, Spartan learns that not only was Arnold Schwarzenegger made president, but Taco Bell was the only franchise to survive the franchise wars, and now all restaurants are Taco Bell. At dinner, Edgar-friendly scraps attack the restaurant and are fought off by Spartan, who feels bad after realizing they were starving and looking for food. <laughs> after the attack on the restaurant, Cocteau returns to his apartment and finds Phoenix there, who says with Spartan on the case, he will need backup and asks him to release more cryo-prisoners. Huxley takes Spartan to her apartment, where she asks him for sex. Just like that. Would you like to have sex? If only all relationships were like this. He says yes, but finds sex has turned into a VR program. He wants to do it the old-fashioned way, and she gets mad and kicks him out. Spartan goes to his place in the same building as Huxley, gets the best wrong number of all time, starts knitting a sweater, and reviews the security footage of Phoenix confronting Cocteau. In the morning, Spartan gives Huxley a sweater he made as an apology. He then finds as part of his rehabilitation program, he was implanted with the skills of a seamstress. They review Phoenix's rehabilitation and find it was designed to make him a stronger, more intelligent, better killer. 
Spartan confronts Cocteau, but Cocteau orders Huxley to arrest Spartan. Choosing to ignore being arrested, Spartan goes down to the sewers to find the scraps. He and Huxley find them to be good people in a bad situation, and after enjoying a rat burger and finding a muscle car, they meet Edgar Friendly. Spartan tells him that Cocteau has released Phoenix to kill him. Phoenix and his cryo gang find Spartan and Friendly, and a firefight breaks out. Phoenix taunts Spartan, revealing that he had killed the 1996 hostages before setting off the bomb, meaning Spartan had spent 36 years in prison for no reason. Phoenix escapes, and Spartan arms himself with the help of the scraps. Phoenix returns to Dr. Cocteau with his men, and has one of them kill Cocteau. They return to the cryo-prison and begin to thaw out more convicts. Spartan enters the prison alone to fight Phoenix. They heavily damage the facility in the process. Spartan uses the cryochemical to freeze and kill Phoenix. Spartan escapes the prison as it explodes. The police fear that the loss of Cocteau and the cryo-prison will end society as they know it, but Spartan suggests that they and the Scraps work together to combine the best aspects of order and personal freedom. Spartan then kisses Huxley. She decides that she likes fluid transfer activities, and the two go off together. Super Villain Beatdown I get it's been over 30 years since Spartan was frozen and the world has changed since then, but how long has it been changed for? Gas and beer are now illegal, yet the scraps still have both of them. I'm just saying you drink a 30-year-old beverage, you are going to react. You seem very much alone, John Spartan, but things aren't all that different. Perhaps you'd like to hear an oldie station. Oldies? Oh, what a relief! This is the most popular station in town. Wall-to-wall mini-tunes. You call them commercials. Here's that classic you've all been waiting for. The number one request of the day. Armor Hot Dogs. Kids eat Armor Hot Dogs. Oh, wow. This is my fave. Even kids with chicken pox love hot dogs. Armor Hot Dogs. The dogs. Kids love to There is, of course, a well-known and documented connection between sex and violence. Not so much a causal effect, mm. but a general state of, of neurological arousal. And after having observed your behavior this evening and my resultant condition, um, I was wondering if you would like to have sex. Wipe, refresh, sanitize. The three seashells are not that difficult to figure out. And one of the first things that Dr. Cocteau was able to do was to outlaw and behaviorally engineer all fluid transfer out of societally acceptable behavior. Not even, not even mouth transfer is condoned. Kissing's not allowed? Oh. Damn, I was a good kisser. Oh. All right, th th what about kids? Procreation? Yeah. We go to a lab. 
Fluids are purified, screened, and, and transferred mm -hmm. by authorized medical personnel only. It is the only legal way. What are you doing? Breaking the law. Yes, John, forcing yourself on a woman is breaking the law. It's called sexual assault, and it was illegal in your time, too. There's an ongoing bit where anytime somebody curses, a nearby machine says, You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Any kind of cursing at all. I mean, you could say hell. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Damn. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Over the top was underrated. You are fined one credit for a violation of the verbal morality statute. Your repeated violation of the verbal morality statute has caused me to notify the San Angeles Police Department. Please remain where you are for your reprimand. Sandra Bullock not understanding slang was just wonderful. Not bad for a 74-year-old. Simon Phoenix knows he has some competition. He's finally matched his meat. You really licked his ass. That's met his match and kicked, kicked his ass. Met? Met his match and kicked his ass. Okay, I'm with you. Let's go blow this guy. Away. Blow this guy away. Whatever. So again, at the end of the movie, Gropey McGrope kisses Sandra Bullock and she likes it. I find this to be an odd reaction considering she comes from a society where physical contact is a taboo and she just had somebody unexpectedly force their tongue into her mouth. I'm watching you, Sly. You have to give it up for the restoration team at the museum. All the weapons work. Even the Civil War cannon. So where do you want to eat tonight? I don't know. How about you? I don't know. Taco Bell? Nah. How about Taco Bell? I'm uh, not really in the mood for Italian. Maybe Taco Bell? Hey, perfect. How was the fiendish Simon Phoenix apprehended back in the 20th? In the end, it took just one man. One cop. John Spartan. John Spartan? That's right. They called him the Demolition Man. I am the law! Sorry, wrong clip. They're easily confused. Rogue's Gallery. I'm going to invite you to a show. But first, allow me to destroy your gallery. It's crap! Simon Phoenix is a terror to most but a joy to supervillains. Psychotic, sadistic, and brutal, he can cause terror in the masses, but he's also charismatic, funny, and in his own way, charming. This blonde-haired, singular blue-eyed sociopath went from street thug to almost taking over an entire city. We at the Secret Lair salute you and add the portrait of Simon Phoenix to the rogues gallery. Well, what did you guys think? There was not enough food in the overall conflict, but otherwise entertaining. Good, glad you liked it. That will be 52.75. Oh yeah, yeah, here you go. Uh, 50, 51, 52, 70, and five. Plus tip. Tip, you messed up just about everybody's order. That would be the fault of the restaurant, not ours. You telling me you didn't hunt a Randar, you just picked it up at a restaurant? Yes. Get the hell out of here. But we- Oh! Oh! I said no sour cream! That- that's it. Go, go. <laughs>
I'm sorry, Fel. We'll check into the cafeteria, see if they have any bacon burgers. This party sucks. Yeah, it's a real party, Fel. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Don't touch me. Sorry. As the man once said, you either die a hero, or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. When life gives you the tools to be the bad guy, it's important to try to be good. Make someone smile. Make someone laugh. Share your favorite movie with them. And if you need some shelter from the villains of your life, then make sure to join me back here, in the secret lair. This is Mark, the Eclectic Dyslexic, signing off.